everybody, Ben Magus here, the Raptors Digest, reacting the Toronto Raptors 108-100 to loss to the Milwaukee Bucks Riker. Uh, for a lot of this game, it looked like the Raptors had, had the game in hand, but unfortunately, the Milwaukee Bucks went on a huge run late and pulled out Game 1 at home in Milwaukee. Well, it's, it was a bit deceiving because a lot of my friends were texting me after the game saying the Toronto Raptors, they blew a lead, they choked... But really, that wasn't the case if you sort of look at the way the game played out. It was deceiving because the Raptors held on to an artificial lead for most of the game, but we'll break that down after. I think it's still promising. I wouldn't be ready to pull trigger and say that the Raps are going to lose this series. I think, if anything, it's well, it's still yeah, good. If anything, you know? this game was encouraging. The, yeah. the Raptors... You know, there's a lot of things that they certainly could improve on. You know, we'll get into a lot of players here, but they 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 were leading most of this game, and you know, Kyle Lowry had a great game, but the Raptors missed a lot of open shots, and they were hitting them in the first half. I think the Raptors, if anything, this game is encouraging for the series going forward. Yeah, well, well, I'll just start then with with really the reason I I thought it was there was a good chance at halftime that the Raptors could pull out the victory, right? But yeah. after the third quarter, we saw really only scoring, and I think it was exclusively only scoring from Lowry and Kawhi in the third quarter, which is yeah. not sustainable, obviously. So you need the rest of your guys to shoot confidently. Marcus Gasol did not have himself a very good game. And you look at the yeah. box score at, at the end of the third. The Milwaukee Bucks outscored the Raptors in the second quarter, the third quarter, and then obviously going into the fourth quarter. At the, at the end of the third, they were only shooting 17% from three, but they were you know, putting up an incredible number. Giannis had yet to really impose his will in the key. There was a lot of things that you expect you know, the tides will probably turn. You can't expect the best defense and the best three-point shooting team in the entire NBA, which is the Milwaukee Bucks, not to start yep. making a couple shots come uh, fourth quarter. And if you're not getting really any productivity from anybody except two guys, you know, and you've been losing the lead in the every quarter after the first, of course, you're going to slip down. Uh, but to only lose by eight at, on the road in the, you know, a pretty close game from the big game seven win, I think that it's not really that bad. Oh, certainly not. You know, uh, we can, we'll talk about, we'll start this game, I guess, with the positives in this game. Kyle Lowry, he looked like the Kyle Lowry of 2016, 2017, when he just comes out super confident from, from the get-go. He, he was taking threes with, with absolute confidence. You know, those dribble pull-up transition shots. You know, he, he didn't really set a lot of players up because the, the Bucks kind of played off him. They didn't treat him like the all-star he is, and he really took advantage. 30 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists from Kyle tonight. What were your just impressions on his game? Yeah, well, Kyle Lowry played fantastic. He was the only guy that kept the the engine running there come fourth yep. quarter. And uh, it was really interesting because we've been waiting, and everybody's been bagging on Kyle Lowry as a historical playoff choker. But that's really not been the case. It's not just, true. No, it's not. They're lumping him in because of the Raptors' lack of postseason success over the past few seasons. But he's traditionally been actually a pretty good scorer and pretty consistent. So we've been waiting for this kind of game to happen. But the thing is, this is not going to happen game two it's not going to happen very often that Kyle Lowry goes as high percentage and as many threes but you can maybe expect him to be more consistent and be more aggressive throughout the whole series because of he's able to actually match up a little bit better in, in height and on defense right yeah certainly I like the the Philadelphia and the Orlando series the the smaller point guards really struggled right they're, they're playing against much bigger players and Kyle Lowry's now going up against a guy that's his height that he can kind of bully push around Eric Bledsoe's is a great defender but he's the same size Kyle Lowry can look over him he can be more confident in making his plays so I, I'm expecting a lot better series from Kyle in this one but yeah you mentioned he probably won't score 30 points on a consistent basis but I think he can be more aggressive looking for a shot and then you know when Kyle Lowry isn't shooting a lot he only had two assists 
assist tonight. He's creating for other people. So what what he might lose in scoring, he'll make up for in the other things that he does in the court. Because Kyle Lowry, he, he does everything. He gets blocks. He gets he had that steal on Middle, Middleton. Uh, Danny Green threw that horrid pass to him, and he dove straight out of bounds and he saved it. He does those winning plays. So shout out to Kyle Lowry. Got to give credit where credit's due. But uh, aside from Kyle. I think everyone played under their usual standard in, in this game. Absolutely, and the worst thing is the defense was not horrible. It was actually the defense good. was great. I Especially... complained about the pace might be a little bit too fast to you know keep the team under one hundred, which. At the end, they actually could have done that had they been able to score more in the fourth quarter and yep. done a better job. But um, the big issue that 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 I had with the players was really. Kawhi Leonard, he's usually the centerpiece for this Toronto Raptors team, but I don't mind yep. seeing him play isolation ball come fourth quarter time. But in the third, right to start the the second half, all of the momentum and the confidence that the the entire Raptors team was playing with in the first quarter, they completely, you know, the legs were taken out from underneath them when they went to iso Kawhi ball in the third, which is, it's an unnecessary tactic because... You know, use them for the fourth quarter. Use them for the clutch moments. Of course, you're going to play through Kawhi, but to really not use your players and then to see their confidence drain, and that's not on Kawhi. That's on the rest of the players as well to command their own shots. Yep. But I thought that it was a very obvious swing for me into the Bucks' favor that you kind of knew where the game, what direction the game was going. And and if they had to sustain the first half play, it would have been a much different outcome. Yeah, you mentioned it because playing ISO is so grueling and taxing on a player, right? And Reggie Miller said Kawhi Leonard looked gassed on the court, but he only played 42 minutes. I know it's a lot of minutes, but it's it's kind of reasonable for what Kawhi has been doing in the Sixer series and all that. But they ran everything through him and Kyle in the, in the third quarter. And yes, Kawhi had 14 points and the Raptors went into the fourth with a lead. But you got to end the game with that. You have, and especially where the ball movement and because the the Bucks defense if you drive in there's com- so many open shooters that's why we hit so many threes in the first half so I think it makes more sense for us to just run this more fluid offense for the th- first three quarters and then when it matters Kawhi can be fresher going down the stretch of a game and you know he usually takes over at the end but unfortunately tonight he just didn't have it in him and yeah he only had two points in the fourth quarter 14 in the third so yeah, he, everything that you brought up is 100% true. So Kawhi needs to, his ISO should be put to the fourth quarter, but a guy that really has to step up, Kyle Lowry was the second option in terms of scoring tonight, but Pascal Siakam, he took 20 shots, you know, five more than Kyle, only 15 points, six of 20 from the field. He, he especially after the first quarter, he really disappointed me tonight. Yeah, he absolutely did. And you know what? I'm going to reserve the Pascal Siakam talk. I'll let you further elaborate on on him. I kind of want to circle back for a second just to what you were Mm -hmm. talking about. Saving Kawhi because the ability to open up three-point shooters is is going to be there if there's consistent driving. And Kawhi was getting swarmed. He was getting blocked, to be fair. Some people might end up complaining about the refing. I think that he was getting blocked fair and square by triple teams whenever he'd get down low. But the Milwaukee Bucks did exactly what the Toronto Raptors can do because they just took three-point shot on three-point shot for the first three quarters, and then finally in the last about six minutes, there was so much pressure being put on the Raptors to guard the perimeter guys, and that's when Giannis finally had his one-on-one matchups against Siakam, against Gasol. Um, So I think that the exact same thing should happen in the Toronto Raptors' favor. It should be, you know, Kawhi's looking to facilitate. All the guys are looking to take their shots, and then the last six minutes, exactly like you said, that that's when uh, Kawhi Leonard needs to then be the guy that's driving into the lane, drawing the fouls, and doing regular Kawhi things. But you talk about Pascal Siakam, because he's a guy that we everybody knew he needed to be the second uh the second best player we 
wanted Marc Gasol to step up, and I think he tried to step up, but it just really wasn't the game for him. But Pascal Siakam, he traditionally exceeds his season averages playing against the Bucks. so why didn't it happen tonight? Well, tonight, you know, he had a lot of... Because he did have the matchups he wanted. They, they did have Giannis on him for a good stretch in the second half, so probably that was that was an issue. But for especially the first half, where he had Meritich and Ilyasova mostly switch on to him, he, he did make a lot of drives. But unfortunately, the thing about Siakam is when he makes his attacks, he sometimes gets his head down, he doesn't make the proper kickouts. And the unfortunately for the Raptors, the Bucks' defense is very good at just collapsing in the key. And the reason the Raptors hit a lot of open shots because Kyle was driving and being aggressive and kicking out to open shooters and Pascal Siakam when he made those drives he was just running into player after player after player and he wasn't able to shoot over those guys and then you know after the drives weren't working he was settling for a lot of contested threes he went two for nine from the three-point line we know Pascal Siakam's a much improved three-point shooter but you know if if they're not going down I I think most of his threes came in the first quarter as well Uh, I think he missed a lot of a lot of contested threes in the second half so I think Pascal Yeah, Pascal Siakam, he has to, his three point shots have to come in rhythm. They have to come in the flow of an offense. They can't be him holding onto the ball for four seconds and shooting a dribble pull, right? Unless it's the end of the quarter, because he did hit an end of the quarter three point shot, and whether it was the third or the, or the half, I'm not 100% sure. But Pascal Siakam, he needs to make smart drives and then make a couple passes out so he keeps the defense honest, and then those lanes will be opened up if he's able to kick it out. And he's shown he's capable of doing that throughout the year. That's what he did against the Bucks in the regular season, but I'm Unfortunately, in tonight's game, that wasn't the case. Yeah, now, answer me this quickly before we swing it into the the segments and finish off this podcast. Um, I was up late last night. I'd like to get to bed. I'm sure that people are not going to be extremely interested. I, I think there will be people yeah. bitter about this loss, but obviously, don't get confused, right? Don't get confused and think that the Raptors played well this game and then didn't play well in the fourth quarter. They played well yep. in the first quarter and then they consistently got worse throughout the game. So that means that there is a lot of room for improvement, a lot of room for adjustments. Don't expect to see Kawhi Leonard play as many minutes loaded up in the first half and then expect him to have a better performance in the fourth. And then, you know, we'll see a lot of different things. So the question is, before we get to the segments, Ben, what are the adjustments that need to be made? Because it was a close game, right? It was within yeah. reach for the Raptors to win. What do you expect them to come out and do differently next game in order to get the victory on the road? Well, you know, we t- we brought up the point that the Raptors need to keep the Milwaukee Bucks contained from the three-point line and keep Giannis out of lane. And honestly, they did a pretty solid job of that, except against Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez went absolutely wild, and he and a large part of that, and a lot of his points came in the paint. He's They call him Big Clay, but, you know, he had four threes. But a lot of his points and just his hype and motivation came from just getting the ball inside and doing these sorts of things. I think Marc Gasol, there was one point where Brooke Lopez had a spin layup on Serge Ibaka and Gasol just looked kind of baffled and because it, it's not usually in the scouting report so I think the Raptors did a solid job they came in with a very good game plan but Brooke Lopez he had 29 points and 11 rebounds tonight making sure you know because Marcus is he's shown in the first two series he shut down Nikola Vucevic and Joel Embiid if Marcus can just keep Brooke Lopez at bay and you know make that adjustment to not let him do these weird post shots that he used to do in Brooklyn or New Jersey when he was in the prime of his career I think that will be a huge help for this team and getting off our defensive rebounds because the the Bucks take a lot of three-point shots you know you look at the box score every player a lot of players are shooting left right and center and then you know they got a lot of offensive rebounds off long three-point shots so I I think those are going to be the two key adjustments yeah well Ben for me 
Brooke Lopez took 21 shots tonight. He took five more shots than Giannis, and Giannis took four more shots than uh, Middleton. So Brooke Lopez shot an extremely high rate and a very low percentage. 11 threes, only made four of them, and three of those threes were in the fourth quarter after missing a lot of shots. So a big issue with that is you're you're allowing the Bucks to take a lot of shots in the game. So if the pace was slow, then that wouldn't have been necessarily yeah. the case. But I, I like the tempo that the Raptors were playing when they were facilitating the ball a lot and doing those drives and kicks. But um, it's not like it's not like Brook Lopez did damage because he was scoring efficiently. He was just putting up a lot of shots. So you're exactly yeah. right. The adjustment just needs to be Marcus All needs to be ready for a shooter yeah. that's just wants to shoot every time he puts his hands on the ball. But we'll swing it into the segments. You can start us off. I don't. I didn't really think about this yet, so it's going to have to be off the cuff. Well, tonight the Kawhi Doom like that play of the day. It's got to go to Kyle Lowry's just barrage of three-point shots that he was hitting especially the one in the fourth quarter where it, was, it looked like it was about four feet beyond the three-point line I love it when Kyle Lowry is shooting with confidence he's the best three-point shooter in Raptors history so you know let it fly let it fly Kyle against Milwaukee Bucks Smart flying, um, and then I, I would say that the the OG uh, you introduced, you're better at introducing. It, I got one for us. <laughs> not not all plays could be the Kawhi Doom like that play of the day, and some just make you say OGs. Oh, and tonight, take it away, Riker. Tonight, the OGs, another Kyle Lowry one. He is putting his body out on the line. He took yeah. one charge that, or he took he tried to take a charge that should have been a charge on Giannis. That is an intimidating guy to stand in front of, and then he's doing it on the loose balls, diving at the half court to save a possession. And unfortunately, there was a scramble and. A bad shot that was taken that didn't result in anything um, besides just showing the commitment that Lowry has to try to get the win and just do anything that it takes. Yep, certainly Kyle Lowry played. He he did all the Kyle Lowry things plus scoring, which is an amazing. That that's a top point guard in the NBA. So shout out to Kyle Lowry. Nothing but positivity from him, from us, from the Raptors side. Just about Kyle tonight, but not all not all everyone can be impressive as Kyle was tonight, and some are. The Damari Carroll Gold Star Award Riker. The infamous Damari Carroll Gold Star Award. And we got a lot to hand out, at least from my side of things. Marcus could be one. We talked about him a little bit. He has to be way more aggressive. Danny Green, he looked completely shook in this game. And it's very surprising to see Danny Green struggle in such big games because of the San Antonio background. But the number one Damari Carroll Gold Star Award for me is Fred Van Vliet. He, he got some open looks. You know, Kyle Lowry took advantage of smaller guards in this this game, but Fred Van Vliet certainly didn't. And personally, I think you can't be playing Fred Van Vliet on the court if he's not confident like this. You've got to give those minutes to Norman Powell. Yeah, you absolutely do have to give the minutes to Norman Powell. I was very surprised to see um, a substitution. I mean, the Bucks are smaller, yes, but it's good for Norman Powell. I mean, he had a, he had good positioning. He had good confidence. He blew an open shot just like Danny Green blew an open shot. Both of them the exact same. It was a wraparound layup that they missed. Um, but yeah. I'm in the same boat with you. Give him a costume run. Give him a costume run and play Norman Powell, right? Uh, or even just yeah. play a seven-man rotation, whatever it takes to, to get a victory. But we're going Oprah Winfrey style um, with the, the Mari Carroll Gold Star yeah, tonight. We're throwing them out there. They're just one for everybody. Um, but I think that that's probably enough. I will be impressed if people make it this far. It's You know what? It's a surprisingly optim- or upbeat or optimistic podcast for a loss, especially come Eastern Conference Finals time. But I think that we're both in the same boat that the Raptors are going to bounce back. And, um, you know, it's no worries in Raptors Digest Town. Yeah, Riker, but, you know, before we send it off, how are you feeling for Game 2? Because, honestly, after watching that performance and watching all the things that happened, watch Brooke Lopez do all those sorts of things, and the Raptors' schemes looked pretty solid, I'm pretty confident going into Game 2. Yeah, I don't want to say it's for sure a win, but um, I think that, you know, the Raptors, they... 
they'll stretch together something. It'll be a completely different game. The tone will be different. Don't expect to come in and, and watch the exact same thing. I'd say the style of play, the players that are scoring, uh, the players that are relied on, everything will change. So it'll be interesting for sure. Certainly. Well, you guys are the best for making this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. You know, Riker, we have that stance giveaway. So keep posting us on your story if you want to be in the the stance $60 socks giveaway. So definitely check that, that out on Instagram. Riker, any last words? That's it for me. Cheers.